host, Mike Bauman. I just want to give a thanks to everybody listening to the show around the world, whoever you are, wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Hopefully this is bringing a slice of positivity into your day, especially with everything going on right now with the coronavirus. I hope everybody out there and their loved ones and their friends are are doing well, man, and that everybody's staying safe, socially distant, and that you're healthy, you know, that while we're all kind of not living life the way we were before, that you're doing whatever you got to do to keep your body right, to keep your mind right, to stay sane. You know, one positive thing I think about all of this compared to, you know, way back in the day, especially if you think about the Spanish flu over 100 years ago, is the electronics part of this um, helps keep us connected in, in a more personal way, you know, from FaceTime, if you're an iPhone user, to, you know, Skype, Zoom, House Party. There's all these apps now where you can really actually physically see somebody, even though it's through a device and it's not in person. It's still more personal than back in the day when you had to like, you know, write a letter and who knows how the the postal, you know, system was affected back then with all that going on around the world. So I hope everybody is just finding the silver lining again. Hopefully this is a little piece of that. You know, for me, it's also exercising. It's listening to music. It's uh, soaking up that lovely Last Dance docuseries that's going on about Michael Jordan, who right across from me right now where I'm recording in my dining room I have a picture on one side of the wall of MJ Duncan over Patrick Ewing and on the other side of the wall I got Ben Wallace and in the middle is a pull-up bar so you know you can't not bring it when you're exercising when you got MJ on one side and Ben Wallace on the other they're my two favorite players ever I digress but if you're a hoops head like me and a basketball junkie that's something that you know I'm so glad they bumped up that documentary and shout out to my my buddy Jordan for for giving me the hookup so I could watch it. Um, but in all seriousness, man, you know, just just find ways to to get out of your head and, and go, you know, keep from going down that rabbit hole. I know I can do that and, you know, worry myself sick. And it's like, you know, you got to turn a negative into a positive, like MJ said, like his dad used to say, you know, to, to tie it back to the documentary. But in all seriousness, man, you know, find whatever it is that, that brings you peace, you know, and uh, don't be afraid to reach out, you know, if you're feeling lonely, if you live by yourself, you know, because that's the other thing too, man. Like, you know, if you've got pets or you've got a significant other or you're you're at home with your family, you, you might be driving yourselves crazy at this point having that company. But there's people out there like myself that live by myself, man. You know what I mean? So I didn't I didn't see anybody for like a little over a month, you know. <laughs> I was starting to feel like Tom Hanks and Castaway, man. It's like, man, when all this is done, I I you know, I wanna be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> just being cooped up in my apartment and not leaving anywhere to go get food. But you know what? If that's a, the small sacrifice that I have to make to keep myself healthy, to keep the people in my circle healthy, and to keep people that I don't even know who I may come into contact with you know, healthy, then that's the most important thing. You know, uh, Living in the United States of America, we, we do have unbelievable freedoms, but at the same time, you know, there are times when we have to make sacrifices too, not just in this country, but around the world and, and in our lives. And you know, um, I have a mom who's a retired nurse who, who still, you know, is out there working, um, you know, in, in a different capacity in the healthcare world and, and still has, you know, patient interaction. So obviously I think a lot about her and her safety. Love you, mom. Um, you know, my dad worked in healthcare for a long time. That's what I do, you know, with, with my day job, uh, when I'm not doing this kind of stuff. So, 
you know, but, but people who are really on the front lines, doctors and nurses, and not just doctors and nurses, but everybody who still has to go to a hospital to go to work, you know, people who work in dietary, who have to make meals for the patients, the, the, uh, the maintenance people who have to fix stuff when it breaks, the environmental services people who have to go into these patient rooms and clean up and, 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 you know, keep the hospital clean. I mean, it's, there's a lot of people in addition to the, to the firsthand, you know, healthcare people in the, in the facilities in terms of the actual clinicians, you know, as well as the EMT folks and the first responders and stuff, you know, and, and so I'm blessed that, you know, I'm still able to work remotely within my, within my day job, but, you know, those are the people we need to think about, man. And we need to think about again, you know, how it's just bigger than, than all of us, you know, and how, you know, making sacrifices in the short term by staying socially distant, by staying at home when you can, um, and, and not have to make unnecessary trips to places, you know, it's, it's not just done for your benefit and the people you love, but again, the people that you don't know, you know, who you may come into contact with out there, you know, so it, it, I think this is a great opportunity for us as, as a country and as, as just as, you know, not even a country, just as human beings, man, to just, you know, um, unite together in this and we'll get through it and just, think about that too. Think about how, how beautiful it's going to be on the other side of this, especially as we get into the summer. Hopefully we don't have a second wave of this thing. If, if people do what they're supposed to do and, uh, you know, just, just, you know, get ready for that. You know, there's a lot of workouts you can do at home just with body weight. You know, I'm not a big dude. I know I mentioned my pull-up bar earlier, but I'm not swole, you know, (laughs) I'm just a dude, man. Um, but I just try to stay in shape. I'm in my thirties now. My metabolism's a lot slower you know, I can't put away two Big Macs, a medium fry, and a medium vanilla milkshake like I used to do when I was in high school because I would be out of commish for like three days. I would probably have to take PTO for that. You know, I would not be a functioning human being if I did that anymore. Same thing with the ice cream, man. I will put it away. No, no, no problem at all. I will eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's, you know, in an eye blink and, uh, and then it'll sit in me and I'll regret it. So I love Ben and Jerry's. Shout out to Ben and Jerry's, but you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, make some sacrifices, you know, don't eat the whole pint, you know, do some sit-ups, do some push-ups, do some pull-ups, you know, if you're in a house, everybody's got steps in their house, you know, if you're in an apartment like me and you don't have steps, you know, like I said, there's, there's a lot of workouts you can follow on YouTube because I think that's important, you know, and just think about that. Then the summer's coming, you got that beach body ready, you know what I mean? When you get to go outside and play with your kids again and, you know, go for a jog in the park and, you know, maybe you're part of an outdoors group, you'll, you'll be ready for that, you know, and, 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 and just in general, man, I think, um, you know, physical fitness is good for your mind. It's, it's good for your mental strength as well. And on that note too, you know, meditate, there's a lot of great apps out there. You know, if you're not sleeping well, there's some great apps for that. There, there's, there's really a lot of resources that despite some of the limited freedoms we have right now can make this a lot better. So, I'm going to get off of that rant and just say that my thoughts and prayers are with all of you. Stay safe out there, man. We'll get through this. You know, this too shall pass, as they say. So on that note, switching gears, you know, the theme of this podcast, perseverance, moving forward, positivity. You could really say this last block of shows, uh, including this episode, feature guys that not only persevered in their lives and are continuing to do so, but but people who have had a direct impact on me 
you know, and, and one of my goals with this show, whether I know people personally or not, that's like the thread of it is just, you know, people who inspire me, people who have, who have gone through things in their own lives and we all do. But, you know, once you get to the top of that hill, it's, you know, and see the other side of it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, And we all go through those trials and tribulations in our lives. And these guys are guys I wanted to get on the show, you know, Mick Gonzalez, you know, did my first ever sports broadcast with him. Mike Jameson, a guy who gave me a shot when nobody knew my name. And the guy you're going to hear on the show today, when I shove my big yapper, shout out Chris Farley. I always back away from the mic when I when I do that so I don't make your guys' ears bleed. But the guy that you're going to hear on the show today is another guy in that vein, uh, another former colleague and friend from Toledo Sports Network and the sports shop on 106.5 The Ticket in Toledo and soon to be keeping it real, my guy Steve Taylor. Uh, this dude was a guy that I had like instant chemistry with the first time we did uh, a game together. And uh, I was a young 22-year-old dude, very green, you know, brand new to broadcasting, still trying to find my way as a color analyst and a sideline reporter, which is what I started out at at Toledo Sports Network. And then eventually I did some play-by-play and then started this podcast in addition to the writing that I was doing. So I was throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall, man. Just, you know, that's that's one thing I would I would, you know, if I gave any advice to anybody, it would just be pursue the things that you're passionate about. Um, you know, and don't be afraid to fail because that's how you learn. That's how you grow. And these guys helped me learn and grow. And Steve Taylor was a guy that just, as you'll hear, he's just a, he's a confident dude. He's a guy that, uh, is very disarming, you know, his energy and, you know, being a young cat coming into these, you know, these high school stadiums and arenas and, you know, just being like, man, I just want to do a good job. I have my, my notebook, my little notepad and, would make sure I was ready for the game. And Steve was a guy that just, uh, you know, he, he would just walk in like he owned the place, man. And, but, but not in like a, not in a negative way. He just, he, he had a confidence that made you feel like, you know, Hey man, you know, if I'm going to go to battle, you know, this is the dude I want next to me in the trenches because I know, I know we're going to get through this, you know, whatever happens, you know, we're, we're going to make this work and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, beyond that, you know, he's into music. He's into a lot of stuff, as you'll hear. So without further ado, I'm going to give you guys my conversation with Steve Taylor. Here it is. What's going on, Steve? How you doing, Mike? Good man, good. I know, I know. We've been working through some audio issues. Sometimes it happens, but uh, I'm excited to talk to you today for this podcast, man. Because, like, like we were talking about a little bit before, you're one of those guys that, along with Mike Jameson and Mick Gonzalez, who is really formative in uh, you know me coming out of my shell with this broadcasting from a sports end of things. And then also you've, you've been inspiring from your music end of things too, man, because I know that that's a big part of your life as well. So just starting this thing off, man. Um, I know it's been a long time coming with, uh, what you're doing now and we'll, and we'll get to that, but I just wanted to start with you on just your interest in sports, um, growing up. I mean, who, who, who was the influence on that? Were there any athletes you looked up to, or was it just something you were, you were naturally drawn to as a kid? Well, 
Man, I had a chance to meet Oscar Robinson at a young age. You know, so you know, you get a chance to 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 be influenced by guys like that, guys like Paul Warfield. You know, you know, and and, and um, there was a guy named Charlie Haraway. Charlie Haraway played with the Cleveland Browns, and uh, he ended up with the Washington Redskins and went to the Super Bowl. But long story short, Charlie Haraway is my cousin's godfather. So we, I've kind of always been around the sport in some fashion. So when did you meet the big O, man? Did you go to a, was that back in the Cincinnati Royals days? No, yeah, man. He uh, it, it was a camp. He was doing a camp at City Park, man. He was doing a camp at City Park and, and, and got a chance to meet that guy and, and, and attend his camp and you know uh, uh, you know man, you know it was it was pretty cool. So so how old were you at that time? We talking like second, third grade, like eight, nine years old. Yeah, yeah, you're going back. Yeah, you're going back. That had to be a trip, man, because I remember when uh, when I was young, the, the one of the, I mean, I looked up to Michael Jordan like everybody else, you know, but uh, being a 90s kid, but I remember my grandpa when I was probably 10 or 11 and 98 or 99, Jimmy Jackson came back to Toledo because he always did like his summer uh, basketball tournament for charity. And Steve, I mean, I, I mean, you know me. I'm six foot now. I'm not a real big guy. I go about one seventy. But at that time, I was. I don't even know if I was five foot two. And at the end of the game, going on the court with my grandpa and Steve, Jimmy Jackson uh, signed my um, program that I had. And dude, when he shook my hand, his hand like went halfway up my arm. <laughs> like, I just remember being a kid, just being in awe of of those guys, and then continuing to pursue it. So, take me through like you know growing up. Then I mean, what what were the sports for you? Was it was it basketball and football? Well, I was a pretty good basketball player. Um, I really liked the game of football, but uh, I was probably a better baseball player than any of them. You know, you know, my dad used to take me out, man, and hit me high shots. I played third base. Uh, I wanted to play shortstop. But uh, a coach made us flip, and I ended up at third base, and I, I, I just loved it. I loved the position, man. You know, I loved playing baseball. So, so, so you know, what we did is whatever sport was in, that's what we did, you know. Whatever season it was, that's what you were doing? That's what we did. That's what we did. And now you're you're a Bowser guy, right? That's where you went for, for the Toledo people to listen to this? You were, you were South End Bowser? Yeah, well, yeah, I attend, I attend the school at Bowser High School. And, and for people who don't know, I mean, just fill them in a little bit about that that time period because it was pretty pretty historical in terms of Toledo basketball. I played against guys like Kelvin Ramsey at the playground all the time. You know, I played against guys like Truman Clater and and and. Tim Leonard and them guys, man. You know, if you want to play, those are the guys you had to play against. So then, as you as you got older um, with the sports and everything, at what point does it kind of translate into what we're what we're doing now, and even and even um, the Toledo Sports Network that days? My, my, that was all an accident. <clears throat> Never was supposed to happen. It just—it was by chance. I was in the right place at the right time. 
never planned it. It just happened. So what no, what mo- what I, moment did that start? Like what what was that by accident chance happening? Uh, uh, Toledo Sports Network, not Toledo Sports Network. I'm sorry, the uh, Buckeye Cable Network, B- BCSN, started in 2003. Right. And they were and they were and they were looking for on air talent. And I happened to be at a game that they just kind of popped up and did. And uh, the guy was frustrated. And long story short, you know, he gave me a chance. I said, I can do that. He gave me a chance. And so I did it. And and the rest is history. (laughs) That's crazy, man, because um, you're one of the guys, like I would say, you know, the the three key figures to me, and that's not to – to take anything away from any of the other people we worked with at Toledo Sports Network because everybody's been great, but you, Mike, and 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 Mick in particular, I think what I learned from you the most was probably just the confidence part. Like I remember doing games with you. The first the first game that I did with you was 2010, and it was at Springfield High School. And I just remember you came up to the press box, and it was like you walked up there like you like you ran the place, and it and it really just it made me feel comfortable. I think it was like Springfield Bowling Green. It was it was only maybe the second or third game I had done with Toledo Sports Network. This is going back like ten years ago, and you just walked in there, you shook my hand, you you had some notes, you're like, all right, and we'll, we'll go down to the field, we'll talk to the coaches, we'll get some some points for the game, and uh, and I was like, man, this dude is just he's just about his business, man, like. Um, where where did that confidence come from? Especially just like you said, it kind of a chance happening with BCSN because I, I mean you you walked up there like I said like you ran the place and it just it was a very it was a calming energy for a guy like me who was really green. Mike, the whole thing, man, with life, man, with things in life. Period. You know, if you're gonna do it, damn it, do it. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know dude, it's the. If anybody, if any man can do it, I, you know, I can do it. So there's no reason I believe in myself. Trust me, I believe in me some me. <laughs> so did you get that bug instantly when you, when you did that first game? What was, what was, do you remember that first game you did with BCSM? Yeah, I do. I do. It was a uh, North, Northwood. So Northwood Rangers basketball game. And were you doing were you doing color or play by play? Color. Got some color and uh, got into um, went from there and did a uh, Anthony Wayne game and and just you know nailed it. After that, they, they man, what else can you do, man? What you need me to do? You know, cause you know, and man, in my day, man, you know the hierarchical sales of the world. Harco Cell did everything. He did, man. Harco Cell could call baseball. He could call football. He could call boxing. He could call basketball. Dude, that's 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 what I grew up on, man. I grew up on Kurt Gowdy. You know, I grew up on them guys, man. You know, so I watched them. You know, and and, and of course, everybody been in their bedroom and, and and simulated a game. Everybody's done that, right? So at what point you mentioned 2003 with with um, with BCSN? At, at what point did you get in touch with uh, with Mike Jameson and, and Mick Gonzalez, who we work with at Toledo Sports Network? Uh, 
Man, I, I worked exclusively with BCSN for about three years. For about three years. I, I, I mean, I went from, I was the only guy who would do field hockey. So I did field hockey. I did a triathlon. I, I did motor racing. I did whatever they needed me to do, I would do. Whatever they, I, you know, I mean, I, I did, I, I did a, a regatta. Whatever they needed me to do, I would do. And so, uh, 2005 come, and the Toledo Ice come to town, and, and I get chosen to be the voice of the Toledo Ice, you know. So I did that up until like 2006, and and and, and I made a decision to join Mike. You know, Mike was, was, was starting, and, you know, I was this guy. I went from being a guy to being the guy, and that's what I like. So there it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and it sounds like for you, kind of kind of a, a similar thing with me um, in terms of meeting Mike and, and you and Mick is that, you know, I knew with with Toledo Sports Network, you know, one I was I was always loyal to all you guys because you helped g- give me my start, but then two. I knew that I would get reps with Mike, and I felt like as a young guy, I needed that to grow. You know, um, what was some of the advice you got maybe early on in your days of broadcasting, uh, combined with some of the things you took from the guys growing up that that, that you felt helped you along the way and get you to where you are today? Mike, I mean, like a lot of this was kind of self-made, bro. Man, I man, I study, man. I study film, man. You know, it's it's just like it's just like football, bro. I study film. You know, so everything that I put out, I was lucky that I was on TV. Probably, you know, heck, eleven, twelve times a week. You know, and so I studied a lot of those films. I studied my film. I studied. You know, other games. I, you know, I, I did a lot of study. I put my work in, so so it, it, it didn't come by accident. You know, I, but you know, I just watched the best and learned from the best. You know, Dick Vitale. You know, you, you know, you can, you know, if you listen to me, you'll hear some Dickie V in me, or you, you know, you'll hear some John Madden Madden in me. You know, I take the best from the best. So that way, when you showed up on game day, that's why you had that confidence coming into the booth because you you already did all your homework. Man, the, the game is hey man. Look, man, nobody come to hear me, man. You know that that that's that's just it. Your job is to in, is to enlighten people on what is going on in the game. That's right. Your job. That's what I learned how to do. Well, when we when I came on board in two thousand and ten. I was I was super nervous at first because I hadn't done any TV until I until I uh, met Mike and Mick, and the first game I did was Otsego and Anthony Wayne, and and I've told that story a couple of times now on the podcast. But there was a moment that happened in that game that that I I basically called, and it ended up coming to fruition. It was just kind of one of those miracle moments that took the took the weight off my shoulders. But like I said, I remember that first game with you, just the comfort level I had, and I felt like we had a good 
good back and forth going um really just sort of a natural chemistry right off the bat when i would come in and do color because you had such positive energy and then beyond that like you would set the table for me well as a color guy man um and i I just kind of, not that I'm fishing for compliments right now because that's not what I'm doing, but I just want to, if we roll back the clock 10 years, I just want to get your perspective when when you did that that game with me. Like, you know, if you remember those first couple of games that we did and and, and what you thought about kind of that chemistry that we had together because it seemed pretty instant from my end in terms of us vibing during the game. It was easy to, you know, you understood what to do, you know. The only thing is just like, man, it's just like a rookie. You get, man, you get, you get a rookie to come in, you get your number one draft pick, and you know what he can do. You already know what he can do, man. But he's anxious to show you what all he can do. And with you, you're anxious to get everything in in the beginning. And I'm like, dude, we got a whole game, man. We got a whole game. Yeah, yeah. And once, once you understood to slow down, I mean, like, like we've got 48 minutes. We, you know, we don't need to put this all in 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 the first 10 minutes, you know. <laughs> You know, and once you understood that, that, you know, timing, man, it's like, dude, it's like a boxer. You know, you you go in the ring, man, and, and you if you shoot your load in the first round, buddy, guess what? It's 11 more rounds to go. You got to pace yourself. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because that was one of the things I remember us talking about. Because uh, there's there's one game in particular, and I think it actually might have been at my alma mater in Central, where I I tried to put too much in the beginning, and I kind of tripped myself up, and I like forgot somebody's name. And I remember I came back um, maybe at one of the breaks in like the first or second quarter, and you were just smiling, and you and you just said the same exact thing you told me now. You're like, hey Mike, you're like we got four quarters, buddy. Just slow down. You know what you're talking about, but we we got four quarters to sprinkle that in. You'll be all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, man. Believe me, you'll need it. Well, and in, in, in over... It's the same thing, pacing yourself. It's the same thing with doing a radio show, man. It's the same thing with doing a radio show, especially now, man, with COVID-19 going on. You know, there's not really a lot to talk about. You know, and if you got a two-hour talk show, you know, if you get everything out in the first 15 minutes, what are you going to do for the next two hours, or next hour and 45 minutes? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, and, and and I use that same philosophy, man. When I do shows, man, because I may have two topics that I'm gonna cover, but I break them down, man, into six segments. Right. So I can take that two topics and stretch that out, because I, you know, it's not what you do is how you do it. Right. And and I wanted to ask you about that too because you 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 got the sports shop, you've been on 106.5 now. You have your own show. It's every Saturday, right from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, right? And then and then check this out, man. I've got a I've got a sports page. It's called the Sports Shop page. You got to visit that, man. Please, man. By all means, visit the Sports Shop dot app. The Sports Shop dot app. Make sure you sign in. 
uh, emails, join my mailing list by all means. All you know, all your listeners by all means, join our mailing list. We'll give you updates on on sport sports shop specials. There'll be uh, sports shop podcasts. You'll be able to catch up everything that we do um, via the sports shop, the real sports guy, uh, the real sports guy trademark the whole nine man. You can just man all go right through there. Everything attracted right through the sports shop dot app. So for you, Steve, as somebody who who has your you know your fingers in both the the TV broadcasting side of things and then also in the the radio side of things, doing a a sports show like that weekly, what are what are some of the obviously the biggest difference is not being on camera, but what are some of the things that you enjoy, let's say over the two hour radio show compared to doing a live game on TV, you know, um, what, what are some of the, the, the positives to, to each one that, that you enjoy? Well, doing a radio show, I can be me. You know, I, you know, that's where the personality comes in. I, you know, this is my third year on ESPN radio. So obviously I'm doing something right, you know, and, uh, that's the whole thing, man. Is you know when you when you're doing your show, you know you're bringing that energy. You're calling a football game or a basketball game. You depend upon that game to bring the energy. And sometimes you know, sometimes it lives up to it. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Whereas your show, it's 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 all you because you're the host. You're you're trying to get the guests. And- I'm going to bring the smoke. We put this guy, we keep it real. We do it every Saturday morning right about this time. The real sports guy, Steve Taylor. See, I can bring that energy. That's me. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about the hustle, man, because you mentioned, I mean, this this is something, um, you know, at least from the BCSM part, you know, there there's a lot of life in there between, you know, being a kid, meeting Oscar Robinson, Robertson and then doing the broadcasting thing. And, and I think that that's something – at least for for my listeners, that's important to understand too. You know, with the theme of the show being perseverance and, and pushing forward, you know, you're you're a guy, and I think you share that in common with with Mike Jameson. Is that you guys are hustlers, man? Like you guys have always created opportunities for yourself, um, and 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 always been the one to put yourself in the room to give yourself a shot. So, you know, what's that hustle been like for you? just over the course of your life with all the sports stuff, always being interested in it, growing up playing sports, meeting Oscar Robertson at a young age, and then getting the chance as an adult to get into the broadcasting side of things and, and continue to hustle and, and do all that and also raise a family. Mike, if you grew up in the neighborhood I grew up in, you would totally understand the hustle. Like, bro, you know, you know, you grew up in my neighborhood. You had to hustle to stay alive, man. And, then, you know, that, that's real talk, you know. So you understand hustle, man. I, I can't let you out-hustle me, you know. That's, that, that's my job, to hustle. So, yeah, I saw, yeah, I'm going to do some of this. I'm going to do some of that. I'm going to do whatever it takes, my man. I'm going to do whatever it takes. So what has that been like just over the last, like, 17 years or so, being able to make that transition into being able to do the the sports broadcasting stuff and now having your own radio show and working on your own TV show? It just 
kind of, it just kind of happened, man. You know, man, I went from being a color guy to being a play-by-play guy. So I understood both sides of the microphone, you know, and, and, and that's an art to both sides. You know, you, you will understand well now, you know, the difference in being a play-by-play guy and then a color guy, you know. Uh, you know, the efficient ones, man, do their job extremely well. And so I understood that. And again, a lot of the work, man, you know, I watched. I mean, dude, I probably killed my wife, man, watching Mike and Mike in the morning for years, man. But every day, man, I watched that, man. Well, you know, at the time I didn't realize why, but, man, I was generating a format. You know, and I was understanding, okay, if I did this, I would do this. You know, so, you know, now, fast forward to, to now, you know, I've got shows, you know, that, that, that are going off, like, you know, podcasts that are going off. Man, man, I'm doing what I want to do. That's the cool thing about it. And I'm making a few dollars doing it. So, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what, that's the American way, you know. So you mentioned, you know, that just what you had to do in your neighborhood to survive. Was there was there anybody close to you who you really learned that work eth- work ethic from as well? Man, dude, you just watch your daddy get up and go to work every day, every day, every day. Man, never missed a day. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I watched that every day. So I, I didn't have a choice. I did that. I do that. I watched him work two jobs. So yeah, yeah, come natural. So for you, Steve, over the years, man, you know, like for me, I know there's a few moments with Toledo Sports Network that not only stood out just because of the good games or good broadcasts that we had. One of the one of the first ones with you that was a, a pretty big experience for me was when we went to. Uh, Avon Lake when Genoa played Orville and unfortunately they lost but it was a great game it was a great season that was my first season with Toledo Sports Network and I remember we followed Genoa's whole run I think they played Clear Fork down in Tiffin Columbian and we did that game and then they got all the way to I I can't remember if it was the, the the last eight teams the semis or if it was the state finals where they were in the final four but we went to Avon Lake in, uh, you know, just outside of Cleveland, and that that high school football stadium was like super nice. And I remember just having the video hooked up at the end, like we had our stuff on the scoreboard, and it was one of those things as like a wide-eyed twenty-two-year-old kid, where it was like, man, this is this is so cool. Like I went to school for this stuff, and I feel like you know, with between Mike and the games that I'd done with Mick. You know, I'd done sideline reporting. I'd been in the booth with Mick. I'd been in the booth with you. That that was one of the first moments for me that was really awesome. Um, and then another one that stuck out to me was when we did the uh, the Toledo boxing event where Bronco McCart was, was the, the main fight. Um, but in addition to that, Buster Douglas was there because he was kind of helped setting everything up. And I remember Buster Douglas sitting with us ringside. And I... Of all the people that I've gotten a chance to talk to or be around over the years, man, in terms of athletes or musicians that I've talked to, like I really don't get too up 
or too down with anybody because people are people. You know what I mean? Whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's a celebrity or an athlete, like I treat, I just treat people how I want to be treated. But I will say meeting Buster Douglas, the guy who knocked out Iron Mike was definitely a moment in my life where it was like, wow, I'm sitting next to the dude who knocked out Iron Mike. You know what I mean? Um, so for you, what were some of the moments over the years? It, uh, with uh, Bronco McCart and, and all of them guys, man. The funny thing is, Bronco McCart is my next interview on uh, on uh, uh, keeping it real. So, so you know, and uh, and then I had a chance to uh, to sit down with Buster Douglas at a at a later fight later on and call a fight with him. Um, but that kind of catapulted me to to doing. Um, Fight Time because I'm with Fight Time Sports now, so I'm like the lead analyst for Fight Time Sports. So I've traveled, I've done championship fights. In fact, I did Clarissa C. Shields' first championship fight. I call that. That my brother, if you Google that, you, you you can hear that commentary. But yeah, uh, yeah, man, I've had a chance, man, to, to to do a lot of cool things with Fight Time Sports and meeting a lot of a lot of big time fighters. I did just Zab Judah. Uh, I, I met Devin Haney. Uh, I met uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, 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 Adrian Broner. I was there the night that uh, that uh, 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 Robert Easter won uh, the championship in Reading, PA. I was there that night. I was in the locker room with him, watched him get his hands taped. So I saw so you on the video. Yeah, I saw you on the video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, so I've been able to do some cool things, man. You know, but but man, the thing in this business is, 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 is just act like you freaking been there before, man. You know, you know, you know. The, the last thing those guys want to see is you being starstruck, man. You know, and, and, right? You know, so you know, and then you and then you look at it after the fact and you say that was pretty cool. You know, like I, man, I interviewed Bill Lambier, man. I, I had a. Uh, Oh, uh, I did sideline reporting for the Rockets. I got uh, 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 the quarterback of uh, Brad Kowski after the game. You know, I, I, I talked with him. You know, so so man, I've had some pretty cool interviews. I mean, I've talked to Ohio State Buckeyes, man. You know, the, who, who were hot at the time, and and uh, so so man, I totally get it, man. I get it, bro. You know, but but uh, but that's part of the game, man. You know, you act like you've been there, you've done that, man, and you own the moment. You know that's that's what make that's what make the good from the great. Yeah, and you and you do that really well, man. And I'm not just saying that because you're on my show. Like I said, that was one of the things that stuck out to me when I first met you. And one of the things that I really took away from you was just, you know, believe in yourself. Which it sounds so simple, but I think there's a lot of people out there who struggle with that, even when they prepare. Because you know, I, I felt like I came to every game prepared, um, and, and I had confidence walking in, but. But your confidence was like on that level. Where it was like, okay, Steve, Steve's got this. You know, no matter, <laughs> no matter what happens in this game, if it's a forty-eight to nothing, or if it's a double overtime, or if if we're in a shootout basketball game, like I, I know Steve is is gonna is not only is he gonna be prepared, but there's gonna be an energy here. You can be as prepared as you want to be, and if your delivery sucks, then then, then you got a problem. Yeah, you get everything, man. Well, I, you know, I, I genuinely want to thank you for those years, man, because it, it meant a lot to me. And, and uh, as hard as it was moving, I had to make that that change in my life. 
um, and, and and it was it was not an easy one to to kind of leave all you guys in Toledo who had, who had been there for me in my formative years in my twenties with all this stuff. I mean, this this whole podcast and everything has all come from doing all of that work with you and Mike and Mick and everybody at Toledo Sports Network, man. So I, I always appreciated those years. No problem, man. With me, man, I, I, I was just telling Mike, you know, look, man, I want to work with Cubs, you know. You know, well, what you think about him? I'm like, like, look, I work with Cubs, you know. You, you, you put me with Cubs. And so that's kind of how that went down, man, you know. You know, I mean, I, I, knew, I knew what I was going to get, and that's all I expect, man. You know, you give me the same thing every time. That's all I want, man. I don't, I, you know, when you when you in this line of business, you can't play guesswork. That's the last thing I want to do is I don't want to have to guess where the hell you're going. Right, right. Well, I appreciate that, man. Well, before I let you go, Steve, and thanks again for taking some time, man. I know, I know, we worked through some through some audio issues and stuff to get this together, but I really appreciate it. But before I want to let you go, um, I did want to touch on what you're doing now. You know, we've talked a little bit about the radio show, but uh, you also have a TV show called Keeping It Real with Steve Taylor. I saw the episode you did with uh, Kelvin Ramsey. Uh, so for people who don't know, Kelvin Ramsey was NBA All-Rookie. Um, played in the league several years and then uh, pursued his faith as a pastor and it's it's a great episode people should definitely check it out but um, what's this ride been like over the past couple of years you mentioned being on ESPN radio now for three years with your show uh, tell the people a little bit more about about your show and, and also on the radio but also your TV show keeping it real with Steve Taylor well ESPN has given me the platform to be able to do things that I want to do you know, and so when I was presented with the idea of doing a TV show, I said I wanted to do not just, it's not just a sports show, you know, because I do a sports show every Saturday morning. You know, I wanted to sit down and I want to, I want to talk to people. I want to get the real side. I wanted to keep it real. I wanted to, I wanted to get down and get the skinnier things that, 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 that normally people don't have. I want you to tell the story that you want, not the story that I want. So that, that, that's where the whole concept comes down, man. You know, I've had some real cool interviews, man, and you know, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting back to to recording those interviews and editing those broadcasts and getting those out. But those will be coming out. Um, we, we've got some, some interesting people, man. Um, kind of already locked in. Uh, we've already have. Uh, Rocco McCart already in the books. Uh, Parnell Smith, uh, former NFL player, already in the books. Uh, former NBA player uh, and current coach at, at Lawrence College, Dennis Hobson, the leading scorer in Ohio State basketball history. We've got him coming up. We've got former mayor here in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, we've got him coming up. Uh, we've got Todd Cole, the coach. So man, we've got man, a, a list of people, man, scheduled for you know for the first season of keeping it real. That's awesome, man. And where where are people going to be able to find that? You mentioned the sports shop app. Well, you can go to the sports shop app. Go to my page, man. The sports shop app, and I'll be launching real soon the real sports So man, like everything is going to traffic right through the app, though, man. You you'll be able to catch. RealSportsGuide.com, 
You'll be able to catch the sports shop, all of the sports shop shows, the podcast, and the podcast might fire. That's all I'm going to tell you, bro. It ain't what you hear on Saturday morning. <laughs> well, on the other side of things, too, man, you know, me being a, a big music guy myself, in terms of that being the other thing that I've always been drawn to outside of sports, um, for people who don't know, you, you play the bass, you, you do a little bit of singing, um, I know you've done it in your church and you're a man of faith. And so I guess I got a two-part question for you. The, the first part of it is, you know, where your passion for music started and, and what, what that's been like pursuing that over the years and the bands you've been in. And then also, <clears throat> excuse me, the tie-in with your faith through all the work that you've done over the years too because you talked about it a little bit with Kelvin Ramsey obviously and and him pursuing his faith uh, and stepping away from the game of basketball at the highest level at that point in the NBA so I want to ask you about what it's been like for you with your journey with faith as well well, well look first off man music go way back you know you know I, yeah I play bass but I play keyboards now um, since the last time I did your last show because uh, I was with the one band far, I, I left that band and I started my own band and have done like three tours with this band, this uh, Steve Taylor and the In Touch Reggae Band. The first album came out in 2017. Uh, we did the At Last tour, and that was the name of the first. The first album was At Last. Actually, currently, the second CD is on the way out. That one's called Rhythm Nation. That is a live, a lot of the live footage from the At Last Tour, in addition to the new release, which would be Roster Man. So, man, we, it's a lot going on, bro. I got to get, man, I, 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 ain't enough hours in the day for me, man. <laughs> Now, how about the the faith side of it for for you too, man? What's what's that been like through through your journey over the years? You know, being a guy, like you said, this kind of happened by accident, and you look at all the the good things you got going on right now. What what role has your faith played in all of this? Well, dude, man, hey, man, that's where it all started. You know, <laughs> you know when I when I man, I ain't nothing, man. I can't do none of this, man. I can't do none of this. None of this is easy, bro. None of this. You know, all I do is just take the tools that I was blessed with, man, and thank them for it every day. Well, the last thing I want to close with, Steve, and thanks again for the time, man. I really appreciate it. You know, it's always good catching up with you. We, we got to do this more because there's definitely ideas that I have, too. And I'm like, you know, there, Steve would be – I know he's got his hands in a lot already, but especially when it comes to the basketball stuff, which is what I wanted to ask you about because everybody's talking about the Last Dance uh, docuseries that's going on right now on ESPN. Um I just checked out episode three about my beloved Detroit Pistons and the tie-in with, with Dennis Rodman, the worm, obviously. As a guy who was born in 1988, I'm 32 years old, so the the MJ that I remember was the MJ of the, the last three-peat with the Chicago Bulls, the methodic MJ, the, the MJ who would break you down and hit you with the fadeaway jumper. He could still get up, but it wasn't the, the, the athletic MJ of the early three-peat in the early years in, in the mid-1980s and the late 80s when he came into the league. So as a guy who, who was part of 
what I think is probably the golden era of basketball in the 1980s, who, who you know, firsthand you got to witness all those matchups with the Lakers, the Celtics, the Pistons. Um, what was that early part of the MJ years like compared to the late part of the MJ years, and how, how much are you as a sports fan and talk show host just, just enjoying this documentary right now? Okay, I, I really enjoyed the documentary. But uh, but what it, what is done and and I'm gonna go a little skip Bayless on you here. What this has done is it's shown exactly what I've been saying all along, and it proves the point. Because if you look, it's been proved my point. If you look at how Michael Jordan has been dealing, and you see the work that he's putting in, I mean Mike putting in work on people, and and, and you see he making it look easy. He putting in work, and you see this. They sending people at him, three, four people at him, and Mike putting in work. You see it, and and he's, I mean, dude, making it look easy. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Now I want you to marinate on this. Throughout all of that, he never scored a hundred points in a basketball game. All right. Okay. He never averaged fifty points in the season, and thirty rebounds. You get where I'm going? This here documentary, all it's doing is proving my point who the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. That's Will Chamberlain, bro. Really? That's that's a hot take, man. That's I mean, but I, I think there would definitely be people in that camp, you know. What do you want to say? But look, until you put 100, and Mike was dealing. He wasn't putting 100 up. I mean, stop me when I start lying. Don't worry, I'll wait. <laughs> this is why I love you, Steve. This is why I love you. Bro, listen. This dude averaged 50 in the season. Mike's best season, he averaged, what, 32? 50. Well, and I think and I think that's why this conversation, you know, when it comes to the greatest of all time, you know, like I said, even a guy like me at 32 years old, I didn't even see the early MJ years. I don't, I don't remember the early MJ years, and I definitely didn't see Wilt Chamberlain play. I know the history, you know, of, of Wilt Chamberlain, and I know how dominant he was. But I think we're dropped 55, and we we were, and, and they were calling him Jesus in, in shorts. He was dropping 55. They was calling him Jesus in shorts with a three point line. Dude, drop the hundred, man. Let that marinate. And it wasn't no three-point line. Well, and do you think, do you think, Steve, and what I was getting at it, do you think that's part of, of why I think that we're, you know, as human beings, but especially now in this digital age that we're in, we're, we're very much creatures of the moment, you know, because there's so much of the game that just because of the era you were born in that you weren't even privy to, you know, young kids, unless they're really students of the game or you're just a total basketball junkie, you know, they didn't, they didn't know, they don't know about Wilt. They don't know about Kareem. You know, they don't know about Oscar Robertson. They don't know about Jerry West. And I feel like a lot of times when I hear people talk about their five, cause everybody's got their five, right? A lot of people don't put Wilt Chamberlain as, as the center. A lot of people don't put Kareem as the center, uh, a.k.a. Lou Alcindor, and these were two of the most dominant big men ever. It's like, it's like, 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 just like, everybody know what Jumpman look like. They know what that is. Everybody know what Jumpman symbolizes. 
But Jerry West is the freaking logo, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And not only that, but he's also put together some championship teams, too. I mean, he he was basically the, the instrumental figure in getting Shaq out of Orlando, you know, when they didn't when they didn't give him the, the money that he wanted. And he, Jerry West called him up and said, hey, how about how about Los Angeles? What do you feel about that, Shaq? Uh, how about Jerry West, the job that he's doing with the job that he has now? How about that? How about putting the team that he put together now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a guy that I feel like has been so instrumental in in, in the league over the years, man. And and you know, I I think he's a guy that again because of his era, um, he gets really lost in the shuffle of of the pantheon of basketball greatness. You know, maybe maybe not by the people in the know. You know, and again, I don't want to sound like an old head because I'm only 32 years old. So, you know, by definition, I'm a millennial. But because I, I love the game of basketball, I I know a little bit about his playing days. But, I mean, man, just talk about a guy who made that transition and, and just keeps hitting home runs. Because there's guys like, you know, that, that make that transition from player to front office or player to coach. And they, they'll have a run, but then eventually the run ends. And he's a guy that's just – it just seems like, you know – like Midas, man, everything he touches turns to gold wherever he goes. He understands talent, man. Great people do. You know? Great people do. But but yeah, you know, that's it's 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 that that's what jumps out to me about this this documentary. I was sitting here last night looking at it. Uh, it's like everything that this does is it proves that Will Chamberlain is the greatest person to ever play this game, man. I mean, like, you know, dude, they they changed the rules for this cat. You know, and I mean, if you let me ask you this: as great as a shooter as Steph Curry is, do you think Steph Curry, man, could have held up against what was going on, man, against the bad boys and 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 the Lakers and the Celtics then? I'll say this, you know, I think that Steph Curry's talent is is transcendental enough that he would have found a way to make it work. You know, a lot of what Golden State does um, and the movement that he has when he doesn't have the basketball, he goes through the paint a lot with, with like, back screens um, and guys basically just getting in the way to get him open. And and I obviously in the eighties I, I don't think that would have been an option. I don't think I don't think Steph Curry would have run through the paint without getting an elbow to the head, quite frankly. But I think he's a a, a great enough shooter, um, both in terms of his form and the rate at which he makes outside shots, that he definitely would have had a place in the league in the eighties. Would he have been an MVP when you're talking about Larry and Magic and Michael Jordan? Probably not an MVP. But do I think that he would have been a very great player with his shooting ability? And also, I think people underestimate his handles. I mean, I, I think Steph Curry right now, even with some of the injuries he's had recently, he's he's top three handles in the game right now, easy. Um, and I saw that firsthand in 2008 when uh, me and my buddy Matt went up to Detroit when Davidson was making their Final Four run, and they happened to be in the region where we got to drive up an hour and see him and. I remember LeBron was at that that game as well, and he was on fire. So, 
I think he would have been a great player in the 80s. I don't know that he would have three rings given given the competition. Um, but I think he would have adapted. I, whether that's you know putting on a, a few more pounds to take the beating, but that kind of shooting man is transcendental. I think I think his his jump shot would have been would have been great back then, and he would have adapted. Bro, he'd have been Mark Rice. Man, that Steve, that's a hot take. That's a hot take, man. <laughs> you really are going Skip Bayless on me now. I was telling you, man, dude. The game has changed. You can't breathe on these guys nowadays, man. You can't breathe on these guys. Man, Jordan was getting 55 in. He's got 90 now. <laughs> but don't you think that's why it's hard to compare eras, though, to, you know, I mean, I think I think because it is such a different game. You know what I mean? Uh, even listen to Isaiah Thomas talk, and, you know, there's there's obviously still a lot of bitterness there with – with MJ and Isaiah and just that whole Bulls Pistons rivalry in general, but one point that he brought up today, in he fact, when I was shit on man, he know he shit on Isaiah. <laughs> well, one one point that Isaiah brought up that I thought was something that gets lost in the shuffle, and and Jalen and even Reggie both kind of said the same thing. You know, Michael Jordan wasn't the only guy getting knocked to the to the to the floor. In the 80s, there were a lot of physical teams outside of Detroit. I, I think it just, again, being a guy who didn't grow up in that era, I've only seen highlights and, you know, old games and whatnot, but the Pistons had a deep roster. They had one of the best coaches in Chuck Daly who coached the Dream Team. Bill Lambeer was taking outside shots and hitting threes in an era where basically big men were, were the guys doing the dirty work on the low post. And Isaiah Thomas hinted on that. Like, you know, we were playing outside in. We were flexible. We had, you know, Vinnie Johnson coming off the bench. We had Mark Aguirre, who was a cold-blooded scorer in Dallas. You know, Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars were a smaller but really athletic backcourt who were, they were basically like two combo guards back there. And then you had John Sally, Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambeer. Like, people talk about the Pistons like they were just a bunch of bullies, but that was a very deep, defensively sound team. And, and again, you see the proof in the pudding that their coach was the coach who, who coached the dream team. So, I, you know, I think it's hard to compare eras. Um, and, and I met Mark Price at a Cavs game, and Mark Price was a dog too. But I just think Steph Curry's handle, his, his ability to create his own shot and his ability to come off of screens, it's – in the NBA, it seems like you kind of have one or the other a lot. You you either have guys who are good at coming off of screens, they're good at being set shooters, or you have guys who are good creating their own shot. And he he kind of did both. So I, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit and say that I I think he would have been better than Mark Price. And that's no disrespect to Mark Price. They were winning games eighty to one to eighty back then. It was a grind out game. It wasn't no free, free, free flowing. They would have knocked the hell out of Steph Curry. Okay, only the strong survived. Just go back and look at the first two episodes of the damn uh, 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 the, 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 uh, what we're talking about, uh, uh, the Last Dance. Mike didn't figure that out until he went back and started lifting weights. They was knocking his ass down. So that what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is. The game is totally different then than it is now. Now, I mean, man, dude scoring 79, 80 points and a half. Man, you, it'd be 79, 80 points in the game. Right. So it'd have been a different game, man. 
So let me ask you, Steve, as a guy who, who's seen all these great eras of basketball, the 80s, the 90s, you've seen LeBron from from his ascent in, from high school going all the way into the pros. Who who are, let's just say, five guys right now, and they don't have to be any position, who are, who are five guys right now that you think could have played back then and held their own and, and, and maybe been at the same level in terms of their greatness and individual skill level currently in the NBA that could have could have held their own in the 80s and the 90s? That's, that's playing in today's game? Yeah. That would have been as effective back then. Kawhi Leonard? Man, he's a goon. Kawhi is a goon. I agree with I you there. Take man, watch. Kawhi is a goon. He will take your lunch, bro, and serve it to you. <laughs> no. Um, All right, so we got Kawhi. LeBron would have figured it out. You know, he just, he just, you know. He'd have figured it out. Um, hey man, they did not KD's little soft ass out, man. Man, you are really so bringing you think... you are really bringing the hot takes tonight, man. <laughs> hey man I'm just being real, man. I keep it real, man. <laughs> um, what about I Russell Westbrook? Would would Russell Westbrook been able to hold his own in the eighties? Because Russ isn't afraid of anybody. Russ Russ isn't scared of anybody. Russ is a goon too. <laughs> I think I think Russ Russ would have fit in real well on that on that Pistons team, in my opinion. I think I think he would have fit in just fine in the eighties. Yeah, Russ is a goon, but I you know he'd have to play a little bit more defense. Yeah, he's athletic enough that I think he 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 could have been he would have been fine. He would have been fine. Hey. Let me tell you who would have been like a serious goon, and when I say goon, I mean that in the end. I mean, man, in the highest regard, man, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a beast, man. Go ask anybody who they don't want on their team, man. That they don't want to see, or, or, or if they could get a brother from any other team and watch how many brothers say Drew Holiday. Man, that dude, man, <laughs> he could have played then. That boy, that, that boy, John, John, John Morant. I like John, man. I really like John a lot. Boom. The only thing I worry about with John is he—he—he he, he is an athletic specimen. You know, a lot like Russ. I see a lot of Russ and D Rose in him and the way he plays, but that's the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous about him is I think he's going to have to learn, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, kind of to pick and choose his spots a little bit more because there's times where he's he's a little too reckless, and just seeing D Rose and and just the the torque that he put on his knees over the years with the way he played. Um, and that's a guy, by the way, I think D. Rose could have played in the 80s. A healthy D. Rose would have been a dog in the 80s, too, in my opinion. But, I, you know, I love Ja. I just, I just hope that he can, he can stay healthy and kind of learn when to, when to shift gears. You know what I mean? He's, he's, like a, he's like a drag car. He's just he's 100 miles an hour right out the gate, you know. 
Um, but that Memphis core is going to be a, a team to watch out for down there. You know, living here in Nashville, I might have to make a trip to go see the Grizz live because I love Jock. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you, so you got you got Ja, you got LeBron, and you got Kawhi. I think we agree on Russ. Is is there one more? What about what about Giannis? You think Giannis would have would have done all right in the eighties? He's he's kind of becoming slowly becoming the face of the league. I feel like right now. I gotta think about no nah, man. They took advantage of him, man. They took advantage of him. See, see, see. They bumped him off, man. See, see. He's going through there, man, because ain't nobody really to. Man, them Pistons would have got him. They'd have got him. They'd have stopped him from doing that. No, 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 no. The Celtics would have got it. No. Uh-uh. What about a what about a guy that that you feel like? Um, what about a guy that you feel like would have would have been um, a better in a better era? Does that make sense? Like, are, are, when you look at the who been who else? I tell you, who my fifth guy is is uh, James Harden. In terms of playing in the eighties, yeah, yeah, he could have done that. He could have been Vinny, Vinny the microwave. Do you think? Do you think he would have the same numbers that he has now, or no, because of the physicality? No, he wouldn't have been getting all of them, them little sorry, silly and ones that he getting, man. All of that crap, no, nothing, you know. He'd have had it early because they didn't knock him around, but he can do it. Yeah, he can cook, man. He's 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 one of the best one-on-one players I've ever seen. One of the best one-on-one players I've ever seen. It still makes me wonder what would have happened if they'd have kept all three of them together in Oklahoma City with KD and Russ and uh, and James Harden. If they would have if they would have been able to figure that out, you know, eventually all of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that you could have paid all of them. Certainly not what they're getting paid right now on their respective teams. But breaking up that core after that first championship against uh the Miami Heat that first finals appearance man that's hindsight's 2020 but I think they would have taken that one back and 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 let let Harden especially on a rookie deal you know give it give it a couple more years yeah man yeah 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 no but but uh my number one guy but you could drop you could you can play Kawhi in any era and he'd have been just cool He's cold blooded, man. He'd have been just cool, and like, and like, like, dude, believe, believe me when I tell you. Hey, man, them young boys, man. If you took uh, Will and put him in this era, man, they had problems with that cat, man. Yeah, I, I wanted to get back to that with you because I'm like, with all that Wilt talk, I, I gotta ask, I gotta ask Steve-O what he what he thought uh, Wilt would have done in, in today's game, especially with the uh, the freedom of movement era of the NBA in terms of, you know, if he scored a hundred, then if he scored a hundred, then he may, may he get two hundred. <laughs> you know, my point is, the point I'm making is, man, like. With this free flowing NBA, man, ain't nothing. <laughs> the way he blocked shots and ran the floor, are you kidding me? The way he blocked shots, as high as he got up, like, do you realize he's one of the only guys to ever block Kareem Skyhook? How tall? How 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 tall was Will? Was Will seven two? 
And didn't he when when he was in college? Didn't he do track too? Yeah, man, he played for the Globetrotters. He was the point guard for the Globetrotters. It's crazy. I can't imagine what that was like back then to have to have a guy like that playing. Man, he was. Okay, they wouldn't let the dude dunk. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy when you think about that, isn't it? It's just it's just nuts, man. Like. I try to tell people, mate, what y'all don't understand. Yeah, Will. I'm here to tell you. Wilt, real, man. Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain would have. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain would have been a fun to see. Wilt Wilt would have been fun to see in the '90s against Shaq, Orlando Shaq, and and Hakeem the Dream. That would have been fun to see. <laughs> well, because he, he was so. Hey, man, dude, dude he blocked. Kareem Skyhook. He blocked it. <clears throat> At midpoint. Well, maybe on this episode, I might, I might have to, I might have to put up a link to some, to some career highlights for for Will to still just to just to let the young people know. Man, you have to, man. I mean, you got to keep it real. You got to, you know, it's man, it's your job, man, to enlighten people, man, because people, man. We live in a microwave society. Everything, man, everybody wants what's now, man. You know, you know some of the best meals, man, you got to let man succulate, man. <laughs> well, Steve, this has so, been awesome catching up with you, man. I, I really right, I really appreciate the time. I, I love you like a brother from another mother. I mean that. You, you were instrumental hey, man, in, in, in broadcasting with me. I appreciate me. you having me on your show, man, your platform. Man, I'm proud of you. Keep on doing what you're doing. Hey, man, make sure, hey, man, you visit my sports page, man, thesportshop.app. Make sure you sign in, man. Please, by all means, join in, man. Uh, uh, join the mailing list, man. Join in. Stay tuned to everything, man. I got a lot of cool things coming up, man. So stay, that's how you stay plugged with me, thesportshop.app. with the one and only Steve Taylor of Toledo Sports Network of 106.5 The Ticket with the Sports Shop and now of Keeping It Real with Steve Taylor. I will make sure to link the Sports Shop app, the Central Hub, where you can check out everything that Steve's got going on. Steve, thanks again for doing the show, man. I really appreciate it. I truly love you like a like a brother from another lover, man. I mean it when I say that. I learned a lot from you in all the years that I got to spend time with you and do games with you at Toledo Sports Network do radio stuff, and, and as you guys heard at the end of the show, just shooting the breeze about sports, man. You know, we kind of, we kind of, you know, traveled back in time there for a second. Um, and, you know, those are the kind of conversations we would we would have about sports and just the energy that uh, that he brings is, is really infectious and contagious in a really positive way. And one thing with this podcast, in addition to, you know, the Perseverance theme, and as you heard, you know, Steve – you know, making the most of his opportunities. Uh, you know, this was something that kind of happened by chance for him later in life. And here he is now almost, you know, two decades later and he's doing his own TV show. He did that episode with Kelvin Ramsey, which if you don't know who that is, Google him. The The guy hails from my hometown of Toledo, Ohio, uh, was a great basketball player at Ohio State University, went on to be NBA All-Rookie and spent several years in the league before, you know, pursuing his calling as a pastor 
Um, you know, the the fact that Steve got into this kind of by accident, and you see now doing his own show, doing his radio show every week, you know, doing games still with Toledo Sports Network, you know, playing music and 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 playing shows. I, you know, I got a chance to see him live one time back home at a place called the uh, the Village Idiot. And mommy, and he has that same energy and confidence on the stage, man. And and you know, when it's something that you love, you can really see it in people. Whatever it is, right? You know, there's some people who really love to bake. There's some people who really love sports. There's some people who really love music. And you know, that passion is contagious. You know, so I hope this brought some positivity to you and inspired you to one, be confident in who you are. You know, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Confidence is calming arrogance is off-putting steve taylor is a very confident guy and it was a calming contagious positive energy where i just felt like whenever i did a game with him like i just i, I whatever whatever nerves i had man i just I, I you know i was like i'm with steve man we're, we're gonna be cool like you know walking into the gym he just had that aura about him where it was like like i said he wasn't afraid to just walk right on the field and walk right on the court like you know i remember when i first started I'll never forget the first time I met him and he came up to him in the press box and he was talking to me. He's like, all right, so we're, you know, we'll go on the field and we'll get some, and I'm thinking like, go on the field. And Steve would just go down there, you know, he, he'd walk right on the field, maybe wave to the official and go up to the coaches. Hey coach, Steve Taylor, Toledo Sports Network doing the game tonight. So what are your keys to the game? What are you looking for from your guys tonight? I mean, he just, he just, like I said, he walked out there like he owned it, man. And that is a positive, confident energy, you know? Um, and like I said, so that's, that's something that I hope people take away from this, you know, cause as a younger dude, you know, not even just in early on in Toledo sports network, but just growing up, I, I wasn't super confident in myself. I was really bashful. I was really shy attention to this day, like makes me uncomfortable, you know, even though I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people who know me now would describe me as extroverted and my personality on this podcast and the way I'm talking on this is, is the way I am with people who I know. Um, when I was younger, I was, I was kind of backward, man. I was, I was, you know, very introverted. I'm still very introspective. I I probably do too much overthinking, (laughs) um, and going down the rabbit hole. But, you know, I learned as I got older and Steve was an example of a guy who, you know, displays the difference between somebody who's confident and somebody who's arrogant. You know what I mean? Confidence is a positive thing. It's a calming energy, especially with people like me who needed that boost, who needed that lift. And he gave me that, you know. Um, and and that's what's cool, I, I guess you could say, to kind of, you know, bring like a, a trio of shows together with with Mick, Gonzalez, Mike Jameson, and Steve Taylor at Toledo Sports Network because I learned different things from all of them. You know, from, from Steve, it was confidence. From Mike, it was just like the will to get it done. You know, and from Mick, it was just, you know, just a calmness and and a, and a positive energy. You know, um, that that Mick would bring when we would do game, games together. You know, he he was just steady Eddie with the play by play, as evidenced by his years with the Toledo Cherokee and the the awesome honor that they gave him with the SAP Award back in February. You know, so bringing those three guys on the show and and you know helping you know, present their stories to you all. I hope it's been as fun for you as it has been for me to kind of take a trip down to memory lane with three people who have really meant a lot to me, man. And, uh, you know, were really instrumental in me coming out of my shell and, you know, and now you can't shut me up on my podcast, but in all seriousness, man, I mean, the calm energy from Mick, 
the the just never die, never quit attitude from Mike and the confidence of Steve Taylor were, were probably the, the biggest things I took from all three of those guys. So if all three of you guys listen to this, thank you. I appreciate it. And to everyone at Toledo Sports Network over the years, man, like I don't want to forget to name anybody, but you all know who you are, you know, um, who work behind the scenes, who are behind the cameras, who are helping out Mike in the truck you know, uh, behind the bleachers, you know, hooking up everything and getting the snake cords up to the press box and running the cables out on the field, you know, um, man, those were some fun years and, uh, I miss them, you know, um, you know, people always are like, you hear those questions, like if you had a superpower, what would it be, you know? And, and sometimes I think time travel would be kind of cool if that's considered a superpower, you know, not that I, that I want to go back, but there's just moments in your life where, man, it'd be cool to relive that, you know. Um, but anyway, man, uh, Steve is, is a great dude. And it was uh, it was awesome to hear him make the most of his opportunities too, you know. Being that this was something that happened later in his, in his life, it kind of happened by accident. And he made the most of his opportunities. And I think that's another lesson that I hope people extract from, from this podcast is, you know, uh, don't be afraid to fail. And also don't be afraid to, you know to, you know, take what life gives you, but, you know, pursue those opportunities when they come up and take advantage of them, you know, and now Steve, we're going on 2020 and he's been doing it since what, like, you know, early mid 2000s. So he's, he's, you know, at this point, almost two decades in. So I'm really excited to see the the future episodes of keeping it real with Steve Taylor, uh, to continue to tune into his radio show, the sports shop, every Saturday morning on 106.5 FM, The Ticket in Toledo. And uh, to keep up with his music too, man. You know, just uh, an energetic dude. And it it got me pumped for this podcast, man. And even the hot take at the end there, man, when we were talking about basketball and I was asking him who could, who could, you know, who could still, still be a force in the 80s who's playing today. And, and, you know, you know, and, and then him even saying that he thinks Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest of all time, which... You you can't really argue with that, right? I mean, Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt is still scored a hundred points in a game. You know, I mean, the guy was so dominant that they were like, you know, they, they wouldn't let him dunk at one point. I mean, it's just it's insane, man. So and and he's a guy that if he played today would would still be an incredible force to be reckoned with. You know, um, you know, because people say that too, like, oh, if Shaq played today, would he still be? Shaq would be a monster if he played today. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, especially since. You really don't have traditional big men anymore to have a guy like that in the paint who can also run the floor and, uh, you know, get out and transition, you know, the, the, the little shake he used to have on the, on the baseline. I mean, um, Shaq would have been a monster in today's game. You guys don't kid yourselves. Okay. Put some respect on his name as the kids would say, but in all seriousness, man, uh, I want to wrap it up by just, again, saying thank you to you all for listening to this show. You can check it out on march4th.podbean.com coming at you two Saturdays a month the first and third Saturday every month there's going to be a new episode you know for me it works out with my schedule and I think it's cool to give people episodes to kind of marinate on to get a chance to kind of check out there's a lot of content out there and you know I'm not somebody who's going to beg you to listen and beg you to subscribe and all this and that I really just uh I hope that when you spend these hour or two with me on the shows that beyond being entertained that uh, you're inspired, you know, um, because the people who I have on inspire me. And ultimately, that's what I want to leave behind, man, when my time is up on this planet is just to be known as a good dude, 
who try to do right by people. And this podcast is fulfilling on a, on a personal level. You know, um, I feel like I did like, this is something like that. I'm just passionate about. I enjoy it. I feel like I have to do it and being away from it and coming back into it. Like I have, um, it's been a lot of fun, you know, and it's been something positive for me. That's, you know, come out of, uh, the coronavirus and working from home and, uh, you know, not going to places like we used to, right. You know, it gives you time to kind of refocus on the things and the people who are important to you. So this is one of those things that I'm happy that I'm doing again. So march4th.podbean.com. You can also check it out on the Podbean app and most podcast apps that are out there, including the one that I have, Podcast Addict, which uh, has, you know, tons of shows, including this one. So you can check it out there. And again, if you have an iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts. And again, Steve Taylor, make sure you check out his stuff on the Sports Shop app, which I will link in the podcast description. And I think that pretty much takes care of it, y'all. You know, I'm recording this on a, on a, a Wednesday night, and uh, I'm looking forward to just having a positive finish to the week, get into the weekend, see another episode of The Last Dance, and really just uh, continue to move forward into May. Hopefully we can day by day get better and better um, globally with the coronavirus. We're all in this together, man, and so stay safe, stay healthy. And lastly... Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace.